I just dropped $320 at a store that has no selection, no ads, and no consistency. And a bunch of you did too. These guys made $226 billion last year. I'm talking about Costco. This company took the retail Bible, tore it to shreds, then lit it on fire. And I'm going to tell you all about them right after this. Before we get to that, I got one thing to ask. If you guys enjoy the podcast, if you like what you hear, if you're getting any value whatsoever, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating or review. Helps us out a ton. We're shooting up the charts. I want to reach more people. Let's get to the show. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. So I'm a big fan of Costco. I always have been. I've been a loyal customer from when I was a kid. My mom had a membership and we used to go when I was a bachelor living alone. I used to go myself. People would ask why. Well, because why why would I buy one roll of toilet paper when I can buy 48 rolls of toilet paper at once? That's how I like it. Now that I've got a family, I've got a couple kids, it's great to shop in bulk. So Costco, for those of you who don't know, is a membership club, a warehouse retailer where you go and you can buy all kinds of stuff in bulk and they generally have better pricing on those things. Now, of course, you're buying more of it, so you might not spend less money, but you're getting more stuff. And some people love it and some people don't like it. I'm a big fan. As a business, I'm a huge fan. I've been a Costco shareholder for, I don't know, over a decade now. Amazing, amazing company. And so many of the things they do, you can apply to your own business. They're totally counterculture. They go against the grain. Let's get into a few things they do and how you can apply it to your own business. So the first thing we'll talk about is the paid membership. These guys have been doing paid membership for probably longer than any retailer I can think of. I mean, hell of a lot longer than Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure Amazon Prime came out because they saw what Costco was doing and they wanted to model it after them. The Costco membership gives you access to the club. That's all it does. It gives you access to walk in the door. And once you're in the door, you can buy whatever you want, but you don't get any perks because you have a Costco card. So it's different from joining a club or joining some membership program like Prime, for example. Now, once you're in there, you can buy whatever you want. And here's something interesting. The fee that you pay, so 120 bucks is what I pay. People pay different amounts based on their membership where they live. But I pay 120 bucks a year for my membership and I get 2% back of whatever I spend in that year. And in almost all cases, it's well more than $120 that I get back. But even if you don't get your membership fee back, let's say you pay a $120 membership and you only get like 50 bucks back at the end of the year, you can just go to customer service and tell them and they'll give you the difference. So Costco in almost all cases will give you your membership fee back. So what's the point of the membership? Well, there's a bunch of stuff. A, they generate $3.9 billion a year in membership revenue. That accounts for about 80% of their profit. Even if they gave all that money back in the form of rebates, I don't know if they do, but let's just say they did, that's $3.9 billion of interest-free money that they're able to borrow from all of us. So just from the cash flow standpoint, I absolutely love this idea. And I thought about all the other businesses that you could do this with. Is there a way that you could have customers give you money up front that you're going to give them back at the end of the year? 
But in the meantime, you provide them some benefit. In the case of Costco, it's access. Maybe there's other perks you can offer. But I just love the idea of borrowing money from people interest-free. And then even if you got to pay it back in a year, you get the benefit of that cash in the meantime. So a brilliant move here. A bunch of other benefits of the membership too. So obviously it brings in a certain kind of customer, people that can afford to pay 100 bucks, 120 bucks a year. So you're getting a certain class of customer. I believe most Costco customers are middle class or upper class. That makes sense given the fee. It reduces, they say it reduces theft. So loss prevention, people are generally not going to steal from a place that they've paid to enter. Don't know if that's true, but that's what they say. And the idea as well of just creating this 100% margin revenue stream is, of course, brilliant because Costco sells lots of stuff in their store. They generated $226 billion in the last year. But having a membership fee upfront just provides all kinds of benefits and it makes Costco what it is in large part. All right, the second thing I want to talk about is their merchandising strategy. And Costco is very intentional about the fact that they have no selection. So if you want to buy ketchup, it might be that the only option of ketchup is two very large bottles of Heinz. They're going to have like a ring around them. So they're attached. You can't just buy one bottle. You got to buy two. And those two bottles might cost just a little more than what one bottle of normal size Heinz cost in the grocery store. So you're getting amazing value, but you got to buy a ton of it. And that's the only option they have. So it's not like when you go to the grocery store and you can choose from 14 different types of ketchup, they will just have Heinz. And it's the same thing with mac and cheese. They probably only have one brand of mac and cheese. If you want chips, they probably only have two or three varieties of chips or chewing gum or paper towels or everything. And the reason for this is because when you have less selection, people are not deciding whether to buy option A, B, C, or D, or E, where they got to choose between five things and they might have analysis paralysis. They're deciding in a much more binary way, do I want to buy this or not? So where every other retailer is going for selection, 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 Costco says, no, you can either buy item A or you can buy nothing. And by doing that, they're putting people in a better decision-making framework. They're saying, okay, do I want this product or not? Yes, great. And your decision's done, you're moving on. Versus, do I want to buy this? Okay, now I got to stand here and decide for the next 15 minutes. And then I might decide to leave with nothing. I was watching a documentary a few years ago and the CEO of Costco was talking about how they only sell one bottle of aspirin. And this bottle of aspirin is comically large. It had something like 400 pills inside. Now, what family or what individual needs 400 aspirin? It's for sure going to expire before you have a chance to consume even half that bottle or a third of that bottle. Well, he said, because if we offer you three different sizes of aspirin, everyone's going to pick the smallest size. And so we offer one size of aspirin and we sell a hell of a lot more aspirin. So that's just the reality of their strategy limited selection, very, very limited selection, and people buy more stuff. It also, from a retail strategy, if you're selling something, it really cuts down on the SKUs. They don't have to worry about the buying of all these different SKUs and the putting on the shelf and then we're out of this one, we're out of that one, we got to get more of this and that. They have a limited selection for a reason. The other thing with selection is that it creates a bit of a FOMO. 
So this is something I'll talk a little more about later, but the idea of FOMO is so important that you don't know if something's gonna be here the next time you visit this warehouse. So there are certain things that are there all the time, right? Like staples like chicken or ketchup or olives. They're always gonna have those things, but you'll go there sometimes and they've got luggage or they've got pillows or they've got a certain kind of perfume or a a piece of jewelry, and you don't know if that's going to be there next time. And that whole limited selection, that finite selection really drives you to make purchases. So there's also a FOMO element to it. All right. This one, when I was doing my research, was really interesting. So Costco has a store brand called Kirkland Signature. And you guys might know Kirkland or Kirkland Signature. They make lots of products. This is Costco's in-house brand. They make all the products that are under the name Kirkland. And get this, Kirkland generated $58 billion in revenue last year. Now, just for context, this puts them in the same division, in the same league as the biggest consumer packaged goods companies in the world. Procter & Gamble, Unilever, way ahead of companies like Hershey and Kellogg's and names that you see everywhere. Right, companies that spend a ton of money on advertising that are available in every single store, they cannot compete with Costco's store brand, Kirkland. It's amazing, $58 billion, and this is just one little piece of their business. They are an absolute giant. And how much money does Kirkland spend on advertising? Absolutely nothing, not $1 spent on ads. Quick break here while I tell you about something really exciting I've been working on called the Business Essentials Kit. Here's the deal. I get asked all the time, John, how do you run your business effectively? What's the best way to build a website? How do I get a branded email? How do I save on legal fees? How do I manage my social media? So what I've done is I put a kit together for you for free. You can download it at johndavids.com with all the tools and services that I use to run my business. Get it right now for free at johndavids.com. Now, Kirkland is amazing for a few reasons. A, when you think about a store brand, you think about a level down. And the reality is Kirkland is not a level down. I've purchased their products for many years. They're as good or better than the national brand. So you have quality there. There are lots of companies that make their own product And then they also make the Kirkland brand. In fact, Manjeet Minhas, who was on this podcast a little while ago in the alcohol business, makes Kirkland brand alcohol. It might be wine, it might be vodka, I can't remember, but she makes alcohol for Kirkland. And she's making alcohol under her own brands also, but Kirkland brands are just as good. They have such an amazing variety. I mean, you could get Kirkland batteries, Kirkland cashews, Kirkland toilet paper, Kirkland wine, Kirkland drinks and food. And the way they've been able to expand this across categories, because think about it. Do you want to see the same brand name on your toilet paper that you do on your peanuts? Probably not, right? Like, I don't want to drink a bottle of wine that says Kirkland on it, and I go to the washroom, and it says Kirkland there too. But at the end of the day, these guys have completely defied the typical CPG strategy by just having amazing product and distribution like nothing else. So when they say, you know, you've got to have... You got to advertise a ton. You got to do all this kind of stuff. Listen, if you have amazing, amazing distribution, Costco proves that you don't need to advertise. They don't spend $1 on advertising. And by the way, if they put a bunch of money into advertising, I don't know that Kirkland would sell any more. I mean, they do what they do. They have their strategy and it absolutely works. And they are an absolute giant in consumer packaged goods. 
All right, there's a bunch of other stuff that Costco does, and I think this is really important. I'm going to call this the Costco vibes. And the Costco vibes are really important because they really present the brand in a certain way that is so signature that it's almost like you could take the sign off the door and if you just sent somebody in there and said, where are you? And they saw all these little things, they would know exactly where they were without you mentioning the name Costco or putting the Costco label on anything. What kind of stuff am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about really great high-end samples. So they sample all the time in the stores. The only other place that does something as similar to this that I can think of is Trader Joe's, which is a, probably deserves a case study on its own. But the Costco way to do it is you have things like all-dressed bagel chips, you know, cheese pierogies. You have different types of olives, different types of, of chicken pate. Like It's really interesting stuff. It's not like, hey, we're going to give you like water or popcorn or something simple. It's always something interesting, tasty. Sometimes you'll see lines forming just to get a bite of whatever the sample is. So samples galore, that's a part of their, of their ethos. Return policy. These guys stand behind their product. I absolutely love it. You can show up there, return something. Don't, if you don't have a receipt, no problem. Again, that's also due to the fact that you got a membership card. So when you check out, they know exactly what you bought because of the membership card that they swipe. And so you don't even need to come back with, with a receipt. They know exactly what it is that you got and when you got it. And even if you got something three years ago, they don't care. They'll take it back. I've brought back expired half-eaten bags of salad. I'm not even kidding. Like we'll have salad sometimes. You get a big, big bag of salad and we use half of it. We forget about it. And as a joke, I thought, I wonder if I could return this half bag of expired salad. They took it back without even a word, without even, oh, like what are you returning this for? Didn't you eat half the bag? Didn't it expire? They'll just take it back. So the no questions asked return policy, signature Costco. The hot dog and soda combo, they make a big point. Hot dog and soda for a buck 50. That is all Costco. They have crazy expensive items. So you could buy a, a diamond ring for $320,000 from Costco. They have gazebos that are like, you know, $4,000, $6,000. So they will have things that are ultra expensive, great value still, but ultra expensive. These things are all part of a vibe, a brand ethos. And what I think about here, and I think about what are the things that I'm doing in my company where if I took my name off the door, people would still know exactly where they are. They would still know exactly what I'm selling. It's so important to make your brand more than just a name, more than just a logo. It's got to be something that represents a movement, that represents something that is unique and differentiated from other things, but is completely relatable and understandable to your core customer. All right, I want to talk now about a brand lesson that you can take from Costco, and I'm going to expand the conversation. So everything I've described up until this point is sort of weird, niche things that Costco does. So they've got this no selection policy, like we're going to have one or two items and that's it, no other selection. They've got this members only policy and you got to pay a membership fee and you get no benefits in return. They've got this consumer product brand, Kirkland Signature, that makes everything from toilet paper to, to fine wine, and they put the name on it, and it's a $58 billion a year brand. They've got samples. They've got no questions asked return policy. They've got hot dog and soda for a buck fifty. They do all these things that are totally counter to the retail textbook. 
And I want to expand the conversation for a second. I want you to think about brands and people in society that are able to do things that others wouldn't get away with. So think about this for a second. Think about Donald Trump. Think about Kim Kardashian. Think about Elon Musk. Those are celebrity examples, okay? And Costco would be a retail example. And what do these all have in common? You are 100% who you are all the time. You're unapologetic. You don't give any context. You just are who you are. You're authentic and you attract a certain kind of audience. This is what I think people miss about branding. You need to be 100% bought in and you need to get past the initial point of people asking questions, of people raising their eyebrows, of people laughing, of people ridiculing, of people saying, what are you doing? You know, it always surprised me during the Donald Trump 2016 campaign, and then when he was president, when he would do wacky, weird things, every single day was something new and different and surprising and whatever, and the media would say, oh, well, he's gonna get lambasted for this, and then like nothing happened. And people were, were questioning, well, why is it that, that no one is like coming out? Why is it that nothing's backfiring? Because he's 100% bought in, right? He's not faking it. It's not like he's trying to be somebody else. And you could totally vehemently disagree with him, and that's fine. And there's a group of people that totally love him, and that's fine for them. And at the end of the day, you create a brand that is unassailable. Elon Musk is doing the exact same thing. Kim Kardashian's a great example. Paris Hilton. Think about these celebrities. I'll use Kim Kardashian for a second, you know, to go on social media and create a television show where all you're doing is showing off, you know, I've got money, I've got access, I've got this, I've got that, I've got luxury, I'm out of touch with all these other things. This is very counter culture. I mean, you would think if someone did that, they would be like kind of shunned, like, what are you doing? This is so distasteful. But no, no, no. Kim Kardashian lives it and breathes it. And there was a whole bunch of people early on that made fun of her and said, you know, well, this is a joke whatever, but 100% buy into your own brand is pretty hard to beat. I could point to examples from history, from decades. Think about every dictator that has ever arisen in the last hundred years or the last thousand years, every dictator that was able to overtake a nation as an example. They buy in 100%. And if you look at the history of how someone can like take over a nation and bring beliefs that aren't of the norm, it's because they buy in and because they, they kind of make it through that ridicule phase, they make it through the laughter phase, they make it through the rejection phase, and then they just are who they are. And the same things happen in business. The same thing happens with brand. You know, you can get mocked, you can get ridiculed, you can have people saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But when you go in 100%, and you buy in like nobody else, that's really, really hard to beat. And that's what Costco did. They are a retail example of this. And this is how you should think of your company as well, your business. Be 100% who you are. Do not deviate. Do not try to be somebody else. Do not try to apologize for what you're doing. Whatever it is, as long as it works for you, you need to be 100% bought into your brand. That's what it's all about. No half steps, no hesitation. I believe in playing your own game. That's what you need to do. Let me know what you guys think. You can get me online. I'm at johndavids.com. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram. DM me, tweet me, shout out at me. Leave a rating or review for this podcast. I'll talk to you guys next time.